Hello, welcome to this episode of CFA Institute's Take 15. I'm Steve Horan, Head of Professional Education Content, and I'm joined here in Boston at our 2010 annual conference by Dan DeBartolomeo. Dan is president and founder of Northfield Information Services, a quantitative financial modeling firm here in Boston. And he's an author of many academic papers and, in fact, CFA Institute publications. Thanks for joining us, Dan. My pleasure, Steve. Dan, you, you've been doing work recently on um, estimating market volatility, and this is increasingly important because markets are, well, more volatile, it seems. Mm -hmm. So um, you have a very unique perspective about incorporating um, sentiment data. Why, why did you embark on this line of uh, inquiry? Well, typically when people thought about modeling risk, they looked at the history of volatility. They looked at the history of volatility of the market. They looked at the history of volatility for a given stock. And obviously, the past is past. Uh, what we care about is the future. And so what we wanted to do was to understand what drove market volatility, what drove volatility at the security level, and find ways to respond to those drivers as quickly as possible. So, um, looking forward, many people think about implied volatility on options contracts as a way to get past the past. Um, but you've also chosen to incorporate um, investor sentiment data. Um, why did you decide to do that? Well, the, the, the big issue is, uh, in fact, I had written a paper, um, which was published in 2005, on the use of implied volatility uh, of, from options to try and make these kind of risk estimates more forward-looking. However, not all assets in the market are optionable. Uh, there are many securities, stocks for example, uh, where no options are traded. Uh, and there's a limited ability to take information from the options markets and use it in this kind of conditioning way where we're going to say, how are things now different than they have been in the past? On the other hand, news is explicitly the essence of that question. How are things different now than they usually are. That's what news is. And so if we can understand how investors respond to news, we can respond very quickly and intelligently to the way we believe uh, volatility in financial markets will change both at the market level and at the individual security level. How do you incorporate this news into your estimates of future volatility? Well, basically in two ways. The first way is to look purely at the volume of news. Uh, there are services available today that can keep track of the number of news stories on a given subject uh, that's being presented by reliable sources, Bloomberg, Reuters, Dow Jones, and actually count the number of stories, count uh, the length of those stories, and use various kinds of linguistic measures to represent the importance of those stories, like the use of phrases like, CEO dead, disappointing earnings, key phrases that are meaningful to investors. That, that is really fascinating. So it sounds like you really need to have some kind of computerized algorithm to be scanning different news sources and, and, and picking up on this linguistic data or looking for patterns. Is, is that yeah, that's absolutely correct. And there are a couple of commercial services now available that can provide that essentially in real time. Uh, you can actually get these kinds of summaries on a defined subject, whether it be a company or an industry or a commodity or a market, and they can provide you with this kind of information essentially in real time.
so you're trying to take this from a discussion away from trying to uh, predict or forecast the direction of markets, but really focusing on the second moment, uh, the future volatility of markets. Um, could one even think about applying this in some way to um, higher moments of the distribution? Well, sure. Uh, I think you have to make a, a careful definitional uh, point, and that is that there are return distributions that we believe have kurtosis, that is, have fat tails, and extreme events are more likely. On the other hand, it's also possible that a lot of what we observe as fat tails is actually distributions which are normal, but have time-varying volatility. If you take a normal distribution that has low volatility, and then subsequent to that have another normal distribution which has high volatility, you put those two together, it will look like a fat-tailed distribution. And so we have to make that distinction. But once we've made that distinction, then it's entirely possible to try and separate out higher moments. And in fact, uh, there have been a couple of papers uh, in the finance literature that use informational entropy, the arrival of news and the degree in which that information is disordered as a way to forecast the shape of return distributions. So that, that distinction um, about having time varying um, volatility versus of normal distributions versus fat tails, I think, is, is one that's not often appreciated in our understanding of, of, of higher moments. So thanks for bringing that up. I'm wondering, um, is there a way for uh, portfolio managers to incorporate some of the sentiment data short of um, the models that you have, um, not to circumvent the sort of value that you can bring uh, to, to the table there, but uh, what kind of things would people be looking out for? I think the big thing is to remember that volatility and market direction are closely linked, and there is a very important and structural linkage as to why that takes place. Uh, there was a very prominent paper written by a former FAJ editor, uh, Van Harlow, along with two co-authors, Brown and Tinnick, in 1988 that basically described the way investors behave in the face of uncertain information. And people in the investment industry think they're smart. They think they know a lot about the investments they're interested in. And so when news comes, whether it's good news or bad news, that typically causes them to lose a little confidence in their own understanding of the situation. And that means that if you think of this in terms of something like a dividend discount rate in a dividend discount model, that discount rate will rise irrespective of whether the news is good or bad. And that means that as information flows to investors, there will be greater and greater asymmetry between the response on good news and the response on bad news. And that's why markets typically fall faster and further when there's important news than they rise on important good news. Great point. Dan, thanks for coming and sharing your thoughts on forecasting market volatility. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. And thank you for joining us. To browse our catalog of other multimedia products, visit us on the web at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute.
This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.